0: Walks it up looking for Cody.
1: Touchdown! Can you believe it?
2: And now it's time for some Game Cock football.
3: Excitement about South Carolina
4: football than there is right now.
1: I've heard all the stories of the great
4: George Rogers Out back in 1980, he made the whole nation holler And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tannehill Up in
1: old Death Valley, signing his name on the field yeah, and I love the year 2001, if it are williams Bryce, Rock Oh, what else can I say? I'm just a big old
4: cock. Well, you know I've come from a long line
1: of cocks just like me. All right.
3: It's Friday. Woo! It's Friday, and the cocks are playing tomorrow. Oh, whoa, whoa. The night game. Everybody remember The Cure back in the day? (laughs) all those sad songs like like I guess in the 90s or 80s and 90s and then one day like uh, that girl he sung about every one of those songs is about one girl right and (laughs) Michael Smith I think was his name one day it was like they got together finally right and he's like I'm not sad anymore I don't think I'm gonna write any more music Uh, (laughs) and then as a lot of artists did they used to be able to you know I guess live off of their royalties when people will buy records and stuff because people were buying cds records whatever Later they went to streaming and, and these guys stopped making money you know that's why guns and roses went back on tour they're down to their last million you know yeah, right. and, and, and so now the cure is back touring and, and i kind of wonder i'm like you know he's happy now they're married you know very average looking girl too in my opinion but she's british so who knows welcome to inside the gamecocks the show I'm JC sherbert This is Phil Mullinax. Yeah, it's I'm Friday.
0: Up with some Robert Smith and The Cure. Let's go. Uh, right. I said
3: Michael Smith, didn't I? I, get, I got my, I get Michael sight from REM and Robert Smith from The uh-huh. Cure mixed up, uh, but yeah, big fan back in the day. So and then I read the story and I was like, yeah, it's kind of cheese ballish But uh, anyway, um Michael Flint coming up second hour. Going to preview the Gamecocks and Vandy. Do a little different this week, Phil. Mm -hmm. And chat boxers and tweeterers, because we have a contest going for the prediction. Um, So just put a poll up on the big spur that said, well, simply, will the Gamecocks win? Yes or no? Uh, (laughs) The yeses are up like 12 to 4, I think. Just put it up there. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Um, And you guys in the chat box can give me your predictions. And then we're going to have a a trivia question uh, for you guys later. Uh, since we've got the, the Twitter thing going with Sawyer and all that, uh, I wanted to kind of share the love with, with you guys prize wise, uh, a little bit. So, I wanted to um have a trivia question here in a little bit, and we will get uh, get you out of prize pack as well. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, like mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, that a little barbecue, barbecue sauce and uh, barbecue rub from Billy G's and all that good stuff. me a seven our seven point favorite. You know, kind of in the middle of the show yesterday, started talking to some folks, getting some info about Lloyd. Look, man, I know Beamer says he's questionable. I I, I hope he plays, uh, but you know how injuries go around here. <laughs> and um, I, I think questionable, questionable probably means out. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, my, my contact yesterday said, look, it's up in the air. Beamer says questionable. So, I'm like, ah, well – uh, I do think there's a chance Jaheim Bell will start at running back. Um, people think that's kind of nuts, but uh, I started thinking about it, Phil. You know, you, you've got – on paper coming into the season, you, you had some depth at running back. It was expected Lloyd would be one and, and Christian Bill Smith would be two. Uh, Bill Smith hasn't been healthy, and he doesn't look healthy. Uh, he looks a, a step slow, isn't hitting the hole as hard, Um you know, you, you got to admire the daggum run he had against AM where he drug half the team inside the five and then scored a touchdown on the next play. He's got four touchdowns this year, hadn't even hit 100 yards rushing. If you're going to run inside, you, you can't really, you know, ride Juju McDowell on the inside all that much. You need a bigger guy. I don't know what the heck's going on with Rashad Amos. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe they need to play him a little more. Maybe they're mad at him for fumbling. You know, maybe he's not part of the rally packages or the personnel or the non-rally packages. Uh, I know he plays special teams. Um, Dante, little turbo Miller would be a guy I would try to get in there. He's good. And I don't care if he's a walk-on that played at Columbia last year. He's fast. He's got good balance. He's got good vision. Uh, And then I don't know much about Lavoisier Carroll other than, you know, he he was going to probably need a year to transition back to running back. Yeah. you know, somebody on the big spur just went off on all these guys. They're just not that good. Uh, if you, if we don't know by now that personnel usage leaves a lot to be desired around here, right. I don't know what to tell you. Let's not start bashing guys that just got here just because they, they're not coming into play. But, um, you know, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of look at Vandy's past defense, Phil, and I say, well, they should probably go back to – Uh, and somebody on the message board today called it the spray-and-pray offense they used against Arkansas.
0: Spray-and-pray.
3: Spray-and-pray. That's great. I was like, well, does that mean Juice Wells is going to get a pass deep and down the middle? Because we haven't seen that since then. I mean, it only went for a touchdown, and and they threw another uh, pass up the sidelines to it for a 30-yard gain, another 30-yard gain. And (laughs) people forget he's on the team. He's on the team. I haven't confirmed this completely, but uh, remember I was. Uh, everybody's talking about the, the the sheer number of plays in this playbook. <laughs> I heard it's triple digits. Jeez. Two. <laughs> uh, whereas I think in Oklahoma they had 30. Yeah. I and, think I
0: heard intimated somewhere that pre-snap there were like six reads that had to be made for the plays too on some of them. <laughs>
3: That's awful. Yeah. I mean, that, that's awful. And so, so I go back and I start doing some, some research and, you know, next time an offensive coordinator comes in here, instead of just getting on the bandwagon, uh, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, cause on paper, you know, you hear this, oh, this guy was in the NFL. He coached for Matt rule. You know, he, he, he he did some good things with um, Cade Thompson, who, who was one of Spurrier's first quarterback recruits here that transferred uh, up to Chattanooga and, did a good job with him and B.J. Coleman, um, you know, those guys. And I, and I was like, well, you know, the, 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 maybe at Temple they were just kind of a defensive team the first few years. Mm-hmm. But then he started to look into – P.J. Walker was the quarterback at Temple during that era, and they had to bring in a new quarterback's coach. And Walker, like, praised him for getting him right <laughs> and uh, talked about how, like – uh, Glenn Thomas was the guy who I think was the OC at Arizona state under Herm before he got fired uh, and praised him for like, Oh, well, this just ma- he's made my decision making a lot easier. I'm not as confused. <laughs> All right. Red flag. Number one, yeah. <laughs> you know, red flag, number one there. And, you know, so I, I, next time, I think I'm going to start like going back and reading what players say to the media about the guy and, Uh, Some things like that, you know, I I think that when this all ends and I think I think it'll end at some point, obviously, I I, I don't want to get into when I think it will, but it'll end just like anything. Uh, And and they move on. I, I, you know, I'm looking at production, not not necessarily a name. Uh, Hmm. There's some folks that are under the impression that, you know, the reason he's not good is because he's never coached in the mighty SEC man, there's a lot of bad coaches that have coached in the SEC on offense <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> over the years. Uh, let's not make that a criteria, you know, and, and I started I started looking around at some guys. You know, Brian Ellis, who somebody mentioned in the Nana Sports chat box the other day, is at Georgia Southern. Yeah, Georgia Southern historically was a triple option team. You know, Jeff Mocken, who's at Army, was there. Um, you know, they, they've run that triple option when they've been good, you know, most of the time. And it's a storied program. They used to win, you know, mm-hmm. 1AA national titles and stuff. Well, old Clay Helton, who got ran out of Los Angeles, he took that job and hired Brian Ellis, who's the co-OC at Western Kentucky. And um, he, uh, they're 11th in the nation in total offense, 500 yards a game, uh, and also uh, beat Nebraska and set Scott Frost packing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I would, I would almost, you know, some people have mentioned Scott Frost or a guy like that. About the only former head coach, and I'd, I'd need to see a list of former head coaches to see who may work and who wouldn't. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, like if, 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 if a miracle, let's just say for some reason, Mullen, Dan Mullen wants back in because he's all full of piss and vinegar from getting fired and mm-hmm. wants to come to South Carolina and call plays for for beams. Uh, I'd take that.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I think
3: he's an elite play caller and especially when he just focuses on doing it (laughs) right. Right. Uh, You know, doesn't have to worry about being a head coach or recruiting or anything like that. You know, people don't like his personality, but let's just say personality obviously isn't a criteria for being the offensive coordinator at South Carolina uh under Shane Beamer uh you know uh, I look at a guy like that you know you look at a guy like Graham Harrell at West Virginia uh you know some people said well why not Neil Brown why not Neil Brown uh, why not Graham Harrell you know I think Graham Harrell is a heck of a coordinator they're not bad because they can't run the ball or you know all that they're, they're just not mm-hmm. playing very good defense this year they're just, they're just, West Virginia is just not very good period this year um you know somebody like that. You know, I, I think I think that's kind of what you're looking at now. Now, Harold is a name and is a sitting Power Five coordinator. You know, so we'll see. The guy at Tulsa's good. The head coach at Tulsa may be a guy, Philip Montgomery. Um, and by the way, uh, my other point on offense, and not to disturb you folks, so the Athletic, if you have a subscription, they have a bunch of stories about Josh Heupel's offense at Tennessee and what it is. You know the word that is most used to describe it? Simple.
5: Simple.
3: (laughs) They do it really fast. And you know, we've been sitting there talking about Spurrier's offense and what's called option routes for receivers. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lethally almost, that's what they do. (laughs) Like, because you'll sit back there and you'll be like, well, Hooker's got, you know, he, he usually has time and he'll just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. And then boom, somebody's wide open. That's because the receivers are taught to. It's not. It's not like Spurs where it's like cover one, cover two. It, it's it's based kind of a lot of concepts are on, on man uh, in some zone because a lot of teams try to man up Tennessee. Uh, it is basically just drive your guy off and then run to where he's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think, and, and a lot of the times that's down down the field. They do a lot of a lot of cool stuff that's really simple, but. Um, but yeah, they confirmed in that whole article that it's, it was. It, 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 they interviewed a defensive coordinator said that's Pete Hart at Baylor. He's like that's that's the close. He you know Heupel does some different things than browse because he's always involved. But and they mentioned Arkansas and they mentioned Ole Miss also had some stuff like that in it in Oklahoma. But he was like that. Uh, what Heupel does is the closest thing to that. Yeah, and. And they said, and and Hooker is the closest thing to RG3 that that offense has had. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a a little, I don't know. Uh, For me, in my own personal opinion, I think that's kind of vindicates me because, you know, number one, I guess I wasn't paying attention to Heupel and the Levy thing and the Browse thing at UCF. I just saw they went six and four. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never liked his offense at Missouri, and that was a little different. Um, and I guess it just got lost on me. So I, I feel like an idiot well, in terms of, of what I said about the hypo higher. hire. But then second, I think I'm a little vindicated because I've said for a couple of years now that the Art Browse system in the SEC is very, very intriguing because mm. it's, uh, it's a system that allows you to run the football uh, in addition to going super-duper fast. You know, I, I think it's superior – uh, to what Mississippi State does. I think Art took that and kind of evolved it at, at Houston. I remember the Gamecocks played Houston in the Liberty Bowl. That, those jokers were hard to stop. Carolina won 44 to 36 uh, in, in the 06 Liberty Bowl. So um, so that's it. It is a Briles system. So I, I've been right. I've been kind of worried maybe I wasn't right, but uh, people that, that know ball actually reinforce that, you know, and so I'm pretty happy about that. So, yeah, somebody from that system, Let's go! Yeah,
0: bring it let's, on! Let's yeah. go! Let's go! Do easy it! Um, and, yeah, yeah, now, now, and Yeah, I that.
3: can't guarantee that that's what's going to happen, but uh, you know, I, I think the Gamecocks need a college offense and something that's fun to play in and easy for players to learn. I keep getting back to it. Uh, the scheme Ellis Johnson ran on defense at Carolina was uh, the same one he ran at Spartanburg High School. <laughs> He just did it really fast. Do it quick. <laughs> I mean, you just don't have time to teach all this stuff. But anyway, uh, triple-digit playbook needs to go out the door. Heck, Kendall Browse, when he was coaching with Lane Kiffin at FAU, he didn't even have a playbook.
1: <clears throat>
3: there was no playbook. No. It was that easy to learn. And and it looks like something out of, like, you know, outer space when, when you're, like, looking at the formations and how they're throwing it all over the place and you're you're wondering how you get people open and stuff. And it's really that simple. They just do it really fast and they master it and they they give, you know, those option routes to me. That, that was impressive because I've been sitting here talking about that in Spurrier's offense. So, you know, it'd be like Steve Spurrier running this gigantic wide open spread that stretches the entire field. And half the time, Phil, uh, they were they're breaking their film down. Half the time, Tennessee will go five wide. And two of their receivers won't even leave the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, they stay right there. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. They yeah. don't, they
3: don't, and, and because it's not, it doesn't require you to read the field as a mm-hmm. quarterback. How great would that be with Spencer Rattler?
0: <laughs> yeah. Really simplify it for you. Yeah. It's just yeah. like,
3: oh, well, well what, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they just, just takes guys out of the box. And then, you know, if they hit, if you do stop their pass, they'll, they'll just run it on you.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, so, they figured it out. So we'll do something different now. <laughs>
3: so, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I, I don't like South Carolina's chances of victory against the Vols coming up uh, at all. Uh, no. If the game guys were better on offense, you know, there's always that team that may have a good plan to keep them off the field, but uh, they're just in a zone, you know. And, and and you know, Hooker's remained healthy and upright, and I don't know, man, they're going to give Georgia some problems this
0: week. Yeah, get I was going to say I'm interested to see what Todd Monkin draws up. Because I think he's the key to this. I don't. I, you know, everybody's like, "Well, how do you stop Tennessee? What kind of defense are you going to put together?" I was like, "The key to stopping Tennessee is how effective your offense is." <laughs> ding, ding, ding! With ball control. That <laughs> means we're going to score. You can't stop it.
3: <laughs> that means when you're inside the five uh, and <laughs> down fourteen, it, it may not be time to bust out the one play joiner package that never works. Yep. No. Uh, uh-uh. And then, um, Put the, the, the hands uh,
0: in a defensive edge player
3: who's never Jordan Burch, like, yeah, looked like uh, Jared Lorenzen out there Look. throwing the ball. <laughs> uh, RIP Jared Lorenzen, the, the Pillsbury throw boy, by the way, he passed away <laughs> recently. Former Kentucky quarterback who's 290 pounds. Mm. Um, so, so Keith says he doesn't like fat ex quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, what about?
0: What about when they were already fat? What about
3: yeah, what about <laughs> yeah, yeah. what about the Pillsbury boy, Dante Cole Pepper, or Famous Jameis, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nana Sports by the way, Nana Sports chat box. Sorry to keep you guys waiting. Kriger says on to Vandy.
1: Yep.
3: Uh Hutch, hashtag we want Amos. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, should they asked Shane about Amos. Mm-hmm. He said he's doing good. He's been playing special teams. He's appeared in seven games this year. I mean Maybe he's not healthy. I know that he was injured all, you know, a good chunk of the year last year until the end and had a red shirt. Nobody ever said anything about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of like the Xavier Leggett mystery in 2020. Bubba was like, oh, by the way, yeah, he's had an injury since the Vanderbilt game and has missed the whole year. Uh, Doc says, go Cox beat Vandy, morning all. Jared says, ring that bell. Tim says, let's go. Cynical Aries, morning Doc and all. Crager says, my buddy stayed in the hotel that looks out over Vandy's Field. Pretty cool view. Yeah, I actually, we had some, I have some experience in that hotel. We had a uh, Rivals.com uh, convention there mm-hmm. one year. Uh, we had like a uh, party there one year in the little sports bar that's right there. Uh, there's another hotel beside the Marriott that actually overlooks the hotel. And I stayed there. In 04 with my buddies when I came up for the Vandy game. Um, but yeah, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool oh, that's stuff. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam says, Happy Friday, my dude. Seth says, That intro gives me life. Uh, Aaron says, Amos is having a coming out party or what? 4210, big old cocks. Craig says, Robert Smith. I know. Quantrell, have you heard anything about Edwin Joseph in South Carolina? Heck of an athlete, plays both sides. They'd like to get him on campus and shoot their shot. Um, You know, talking to a a good contact this week, just kind of about recruiting right now, there's just really not that much left. I mean, until they go hit the portal. They've actually, like, you know, we're on the Vanderbilt. We're on the Cincinnati. We're on to the portal. Mm -hmm. Um, You got Nick Harbor out there and then a few other guys, Elijah Davis, of course. Um, and, and they'd love to get Edwin Joseph. I just don't know. Uh, you know, guys like that that are kind of late offers that have a lot of other offers. Quantrell, I usually just go, well, until they get to, get him to visit, get on campus, get an official going, it's, it's probably a long shot. Um, Hey, Cavalier says, good morning, gents. Let's get the dub tomorrow. I'm hoping for a much more focused, better executed and physical team in the game, Cox. Cox 35, Vandy 20. Doc says Spotify gutted what was left of the music business, and it showed. It all kind of started with this thing called Napster and iTunes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
3: Remember yeah, Napster?
0: To, not to mention the record companies were the ones making all the money back in the day. That's you know, bands oh, always yeah. made their money off touring because most of them yeah. didn't own the rights to their
3: songs. I know. John says, "Morning from the stormy, packed Northwest. It's a little mm. overcast and rainy here today too. Uh, let's get her done tomorrow and go at Thirty-three thirteen. Cox over doors." J-Rock says, I hope for Jaheim's sake, he has a big game. Six catches, 150 yards, five rushes, 50 yards, three total touchdowns. Man, that would be nice. I think the guy's going to get more than five carries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> something, t- something tells I, me he's going to carry the ball a lot.
3: <laughs> I just uh, – now, whether or not that's going to work, I don't know. Um, and just like anything, when, when you're running the football – and I don't know that I'd call Jaheim a natural running back. I think if he gets a full head of steam, though, and as a whole, he, he's explosive enough to make some big plays. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but just like anything, you put a guy in for a play and you give him a carry and then you take him back out, you know, you're not getting him rocking and rolling because Clint did say, um, I don't love the idea of Bell playing a lot of snaps at running back. And I think based on the sample size we've seen of him at running back, I'm with you. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'd see if he can't get lathered up. If not, man, they, they need they have to go if if Bill Smith isn't rolling, you know, and Shane Beamer did say he's healthy uh this week, but you don't know. He hadn't really looked he hadn't really looked great all year. No, just um, a couple
0: three plays where he's flashed and then other times he just like he's just not quite there yet, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, so if he's not ready and you don't want to keep running juju up the middle, I, I think it's fine. I'm not saying never run Juju inside because sometimes he'll squirt through there and get some yards, but uh, you need to primarily use him on the perimeter uh, and all that. Craiger um, says, that's it, Lloyd, getting ready for Florida. Bullet. Bell played running back in the spring game every game, every down two years ago. He did, and he looked good. And I thought we'd see a lot of that during the season. And then mm-hmm. he had a 67 yard touchdown run called back against Eastern Illinois. And I don't think he carried the ball again until, you know, Significantly, until the bowl game, uh, Philip says time for the rally package. You know that's something you can get on a. My mom had a uh, Cooper Mini, say, Mini Cooper. A car
1: thing.
3: You can <laughs> get the rally package on the Cooper Mini Mini uh, Cooper uh, Mini Cooper because <laughs> she had it. It said there was a, there was a it said rally package. I'm like, ooh, my fancy, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> rally package. Hmm. Anyway, he says, if anyone has any information in regards to Rashad Amos, please call Shane Beaver. Rodney's prediction's in. Good morning, y'all. Vandy 28, Carolina
1: 16.
3: (laughs) Rodney's super positive today. (laughs) Feeling it. (laughs) Philip says, Vandy 20 to 16. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's a tough scenario. On one hand, you'd like to play a lot of different guys, Clint says. But on the other hand, that doesn't give guys a chance to get lathered up, so to speak. Yeah. Well, when your when your offense is designed only to run fifty-something plays, which Statterfield Statterfield stated it was, now his math is weird because he he would have gotten seven point three yards per play if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But when your offense isn't designed to run a lot of plays, and you have, de- I mean, it's hard. You can't you can't play everybody. Um, but you should play your best players.
0: Right, yeah, <laughs> more, yeah. You should you should have them on the field more often. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, that's not a playbook; it's a novel. Clint says, "Roddy says five hundred and seventy six playbook." Shane Beamer needs to be ashamed of this mess he hired. Mm-hmm. Right, that's yeah, no, not five hundred and seventy six plays. Triple digits, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake says Beamer really screwed this hire up. He can't do it again. Yeah, and look, here is my thing. You know, everybody makes mistakes in this business.
0: Not everybody Uh, you pick is a winner.
3: mm -mm, You know, Uh, J. Rock has a good point here. Attack the perimeter, misdirection runs, and counters. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of the throw the ball inside the hashes, get it deep to Wells, get Bell and mismatches against against linebackers and smaller DBs. That's a good game plan. Yeah, I don't think we'll see any of it. Uh, Makes too a, much sense. Today, whatever the, whatever you think or anyone <laughs> thinks, it, it's probably gonna, you know, because and I think there's some overthinking that takes place with this thing too, because yeah. it's like the conventional wisdom is never present. It's like let's no. trick them. We're gonna trick them. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put in five new plays. Yes. We're gonna. Put, like, where the hell's the wishbone? I mean, we, we saw the wishbone.
0: <laughs> well, once, twice? I know. I mean, that's what – because for me, it just makes sense to have to carry on Joyner back there on a bit more snaps, you know, and just kind of sprinkle him in. Give Vandy a taste of their own medicine like they did with Mike Wright, you know. It's like, you're stop this. <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I, and I But I think, Phil, on that, it's a package, not a play. See, that's, and oh I, yeah, no, no, yeah, you can't it's not just put, a a one, just don't no, put him no, in there yeah. once. I mean, no, that's no. never, ever worked, but you give know, no, him a
0: few- no, no, no. Yeah. Cause you, everybody knows where the ball's going to go. It's just going to stay in his hands and go. Yeah. But no, you got to put him out there for a drive, you know, yeah. or yeah, but cause then you could have, then you could have a mobile quarterback, a running back, Jaheim Bell and, you know, juice, you know, out on the edge all at the same time. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, who are you going to defend? But eh, you know, maybe that's overthinking. The overthinking. I, I have
3: no idea. I, you yeah, know, I, I just, I
0: it's a whole freaking mystery, man. I mean, until we, we get in there, Navarro.
3: Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I, I like the fact that they uh, Tennessee only runs like five, six place. <laughs> the best offense in the country. I Adam says I'd be mean, more than happy. We were all Bobo back. Blake disagrees. He says we can do much mm-hmm. better also says 24 13 gamecocks we win in spite of our offense once again van returns a punt for a touchdown a dQ gets a pick six that'd be nice 76 says can us fans just vote to put sat in the portal dear baby Jesus
0: <laughs> here's the good thing about it is nobody's gonna have to get fired his contract expires. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it It does interesting point about that though Phil his contract ends it's a neat it's a it's actually a favorable contract for South Carolina. Ray Tanner did a good job but this one um it ends december 31st so most yeah. assistant mm-hmm. coach contracts go through like June so they get paid for the whole academic year. He's on the semester plan. He's on the semester plan <laughs> he's just a semester guy you know first okay. semester. There'll be We're another living somebody living else in here teaching this class by spring. Thank God. <laughs> Arthur says, JC and Phil, you know the Gamecocks are 9 for 25, throwing the ball vertically beyond 15 yards with a touchdown and five interceptions?
0: Well, I didn't know that specifically, Arthur, but it doesn't surprise me.
3: <laughs> and they've only thrown it more than beyond 15 yards with Spencer freaking Rattler 25 times in eight games.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: Where are all the shots <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure some of those were sacked. There's nobody, you know, I mean, and it, it, it's not like either. I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's uh, true. No, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying is like, you don't know how many times protection broke down and that play was called and things like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Saunders says, uh, Oh, 76 says art brows at South Carolina. I'll allow it. Yeah. These days, man. I mean that they art brows went to Southern university, which Southern university, uh, was it so or Grambling? No, I'm sorry, it's Grambling, Grambling. Yeah,
0: Grambling, yeah.
3: And uh, Grambling really could have used him, you know, um, uh, in that league and all that. And and everybody just went nuts about Art Browse getting a job. And so, he, so, Grambling had to cancel him, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saunders says, Not art, Kendall, Kendall's probably not coming here. I'm just gonna tell you.
0: Uh, it's like man. I saw a lot of people talking to Jamie Chadwell on the internet, you know, last night, tweeting about it during the game. And I'm like, you know, if we'd missed that. That boat has sailed. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if Jamie moves, he's, he's taking a, a head coach job somewhere.
1: Yeah.
3: Craig <laughs> says, I like how Hooker gets the snap, takes a short drop, stands still for a few seconds and let, let it rip. It's cool looking because they protect his butt. And the defense can't load up the box. Well, and also, Craig, he's waiting on the receiver to make a decision as to where he goes, according to this article, which I think is kind of smart. Put it on your receivers, man.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, it's. I think it's easier for receivers uh, to um, process a lot of times at the college level than it is than it is uh, a quarterback because, shoot, man, the receivers just have to like beat their guy or get open. Uh and figure it out downfield. The quarterback, he's got to worry about getting sacked and all kinds of stuff. And they don't they don't make him read the whole field. Yeah. 76 says, I do like to go fast, JC and Phil. Ricky Bobby's dad taught me to embrace that. It's a cougar, it's a live cougar. <laughs> <laughs> Colin says Bobo's trash. That's not true. It's the best play caller you've had since Spurrier left. No dogs. I don't want anyone with deep connections to other East teams. West is fine. I see your point there. Yeah, I can, the I can
0: get folks. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Clint says, offer Kendall seven figures in a fancy title and make him say, no, he ain't coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, because all Arkansas is going to do is say, all right, we're going to pay you even more. Yeah. Um, okay. Spur your well, shoot. Shoot, I ain't doing much these days. I think I'll go down to Carolina and call play, see what Beams thinks of the fun and gun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Spurrier can still do it now. But I'll tell you this: that, that year he had with the uh, Orlando Apollos, he sort of evolved a little bit. Like he's, like, I've been drawing up some new ball plays, and they worked.
0: And they worked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he made
3: Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert is look like refried butt. Like a lot of the time, you know, uh, <laughs> before he went, he went to SMU and finished up. You know, flamed out at Texas or whatever. So here's Garrett Gilbert. And Spurrier made him into a star in that league. And then all of a sudden, Spurrier, like, one day walks to the meeting. He's like, well, shoot, we're not going to be able to play because nobody can pay us. So it looks like the league's going to fold. He's like, well, we're going to make a trophy and say we're the champions.
0: Yeah, we're the best team. (laughs) They did have the best record before the league folded.
3: (laughs) Uh, Justin said, after the CCU game, I think if we had Willie Corny, he could get production out of this offense. I tend to agree, I you know, a lot of times you want to avoid guys that work for the guy. But and, and I, I'd probably have to recuse myself from the Willie Corn conversation because I know him and I know his brother. My mom taught his brother. He's an old Burns guy. Uh, he's like, I'll take Art out of a North Korean league if that's where he was, but Kendall will be nice too. Um, Phillips says, my perception of the weakness on the high offense, if you have better plays on the D-line, who will win one-on-ones. The offense doesn't have a ton of answers. Alabama has pretty salty D line. I think it's hard to get to him. You know,
0: yeah. Rally I mean, Package. I mean, you know, he can move.
3: Nat Craig says, Matt, my fiance, goes, stop saying Rally Package clown. <laughs> Big Slam Ajama 2717 Carolina. Um, Beamer will write the ship. I'm on the chain train for the long haul. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I. I I don't I I think everybody's entitled to a screw up. It's an unfortunate one. But uh, you know, that's it. Uh mm-hmm. I think Corn could be a good O C. They don't sub a lot, can run tempo or grind clock. Playmakers get the ball. Yep. Yeah. I mean that's the deal. Get your ball to your players. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think Chadwell would leave. RB, I agree with this from from RB. Chadville's a good fit at Georgia Tech. Yes. Yes. Uh, And, you know, Willie's got a lot of other backgrounds, too, with with prolific offenses. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Unfortunately, he did play for Rob Spence at Clemson. By the way, the parallels between Rob Spence and Marcus Satterfield are uncanny. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Somebody uncovered an old Dabo article and was talking about Spence, and he's like, ah, we need to make it about players, not so much about plays. And then Tony wrote that yesterday, make it about players and not about plays. Mm. Um, so anyway, kind of a sluggish start to the show today. I feel kind of mellow. I shouldn't have started off talking about The Cure. That was dumb. No. <laughs> it wasn't good, JC. You shouldn't have mentioned me because I'm not sad anymore because it's Friday, and I'm a scrub. Oh, whoa, oh, oh! All right. Six minutes over a break here. I got to go. Like splash water on my face. I
0: didn't even notice that though. I mean, at least it, it was rolling along.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll say this: Arthur mentions Sean Lewis, the Kent State head coach. He's going to be a head coach really soon, man. But he's good. If if he was the, you want to go overpay for him and get him? I'm I'm, I'm I I will drive to Kent, Ohio, uh, in the 2005 Ford Explorer I'm currently yeah. driving. Talk about doing
0: more with less.
3: Smells like burning oil. I will go drive, pick him up, bring him in. (laughs) You know, RB says, I like corn. You can't take a shot on him. Have to go with somebody established. I agree, but it doesn't have to be a name. Right?
0: Somebody Uh, that's got a good track record, but it doesn't have to be recognizable.
3: Everybody loves Phil Longo. Hugh Freeze hired Phil Longo from Sam Houston State. So there you go. All right, taking a break. My mouse needs to charge too, so that's good. Uh, And we'll be back with uh, continuing with predictions and all that good stuff here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
2: today tony pope state farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area once again tony pope state farm will help you mix and match perfectly call 843-851-2222 or visit tonypope.com today like a good neighbor state farm is there
3: if you're a listener you know i feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services cindy searfoss is your go-to person Sear so Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864 414 5271. Sydney Sear of Caldwell, Baker,
2: King.
4: These folks are incredible. ihelpconsulting.com. How can I help you?
3: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity? If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf or even if you're looking to refine your swing,
2: What's up? This is and
1: Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to an Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks Show, everybody. The first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss at Coldwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. Uh, And then reminding everybody that we do have a Twitter contest going on for a Carolina Rise prize package sponsored by Sawyer Knicks. And just to remind everybody who has already sent in their score predictions for Saturday... Uh, remember to follow Sawyer Knicks at Sawyer Knicks on Twitter, as well as at the Big Spur Pod on Twitter. Those are the rules. <laughs> all right. Just want to clear that up. Can't just send it to it and tag us. You got to tag us in it as well as follow Sawyer's page and our page. That way you get all the updates from both.
3: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, make sure you do that. Sawyer's a stickler for the rules. So make sure you follow the rules. So you gotta follow Sawyer on Twitter. Just hit that follow button. Yep, yeah, just hit the follow. Uh, and you'll get the prize pack. I've got the trivia question coming up second hour. Um inside the Game uh, I help consulting mailbag inside the gamecocks at gmail.com. Question comes in uh, <laughs> all right. So Tristan sends a picture of Sat's playbook the rally pack, not Sats rally pack, <laughs> the nice looking play. Uh, Tristan also sent me some quotes from uh, the temple days that were alarming. Um, Isaiah has a uh, question about recruiting. Hey, JC and Phil, hope both y'all are doing well. Had a recruiting question for you guys. Is the, is the staff recruiting Troy Stevenson and from Philip Simmons in Charleston for 2024? Want to know your thoughts on him. Uh, they've had him in camp, he's not good enough. I don't know why in the world anybody has him four stars. I guess it's just based on film. Uh, but uh, uh he's a guy that they want to evaluate further. Uh, he's not a hard no, but he's not a, a layup like yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I trust uh, I trust Torian Gray and uh, those guys on secondary guys. So, I, I he's just one of those players. I, I think maybe Notre Dame or somebody threw him a verbal offer, and so. I guess based on that, right, <laughs> they, um, they rated him high. But, uh, you know, he's been to camp and visited and stuff. But that's uh, right now, he's a, he's, a, he's a no for 2024. <laughs> um, so Soda City's in. He says, JC and Phil, by the way, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com for the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. I'm hopeful that Shane has learned a bit from the last two years with this OC. Muschent maybe needed to delegate a bit more. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Muschant was the recruiting coordinator, the special teams de facto coordinator, the de facto defensive coordinator, He coach safeties, and he's the head coach. You can't do all that, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Nick, Nick Saban has his hand in everything and coaches defense, but you know, we've all seen, I mean, Nick Saban's hours he keeps and stuff like that. I just don't know. Uh, and he's like, maybe Shane has to take a bit more control now. Shane's got control. He just, you know, he's like with Muschamp when something was going wrong with the defense, he could step in and fix it. That's not that's not Shane's strong suit, you know. He's a, he's a, he's definitely a CEO coach. I mean, like you know, I keep getting back to Dabo. <laughs> uh, you know, he started taking over play calling. <laughs> uh, down the stretch in 2010, and you, you can ask uh, you can ask some folks up there how that turned out. You know, he, <laughs> he, 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 now he's still got the play sheet, you know, and he's still firing suggestions, but he's he's not uh, he's not that kind of guy, um, you know. And, and that's what that's what Shane, Shane's like. His dad, he's he's just a you know he's he's a special he's a special teams coordinator. He coached other positions, knows about both sides of the ball, but he's his job is to hire good coordinators. And let them do their job, and so that's. Uh, and when they're not, yeah, you know, I think that's what. When you run into something like this, it's, you know, and my, my feeling too is when if there's a change made, you know, I think it's probably heading in that direction, right? Um, I think one the would ne- certainly hope <laughs> if they let, let's say they're yeah, let's say there's more than one staff opening, you know, it may even go with a, a guy that's got experience calling plays at one of the positions or something. I mean, just in case you come run into this again, God forbid. Uh, he goes I'm not super into press conferences, but the responses that he who must not be named gives are a pretty obvious case of a guy who isn't ready for the job. <laughs> um, and then Soda City says something about his about, about his braley package and it's not as big as he think never mind. Anyway, Um, yeah, but
0: (laughs) but here, yeah, it is the thing about you know Satterfield's press conferences is they are consistently incongruent with what actually happens on the field.
3: (laughs) Well, and what's funny is Shane will say one thing on Tuesdays and then he'll say something (laughs) totally different on Wednesdays. I I know, I know. Uh, Joseph rolls in there, he says, I completely understand cutting ties or waiting when you're going to terminate someone or separate from the job. Everybody is different, but how do you keep the fire and focus of game planning? when you know you're definitely going to be gone at the end of the year. Also, if the players know it, they're going to tune you out. You know, that. that's when Spurrier when Spur retired. He made a good point about that. He's like, uh, I didn't want a farewell tour because once they know the coach is leaving, they stop listening to you. And that's the truth. I mean, that's just human nature. Also, how does it affect the players that have to execute when they question if the coach will be back and don't support his plans anyway? Yeah, you, didn't nail, you nailed it. I mean, and that's the reason that – there's not this big change right now. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, you lose this weekend. I think, I think the whole thing gets turned on its head. And like Jamie, Jamie Bradford said earlier this week that you know you may just want to go ahead and cut it, cut it, yeah. cut cut it off. But um, you know, then there's the question of who takes over, and there's three games left, and you can get really, really embarrassed badly in all three. <laughs> and finish, I mean, so so what do you do? It's a tough situation, but that's. Uh, Uh, Yeah, you're right about the wisdom as far as not doing it right now. Um, Barron says, breaking my rule again, reading Seth's comments today. I can't believe to wrap my head around them. Bell's not in the turbo package. That's the rally package, sir. (laughs) Get it right, Bear. Get it it right, Bear. Get it right, man. Uh, No, no, no. We're still early in our (laughs) tenure with this offense. And where we want it to be, yeah. That quote right there, early, and figuring out where we want it to be—that was damning. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because and you, and it sounds like a guy that was just completely disconnected from reality. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you got triple-digit playbooks. Everybody looks confused. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Yeah. I want to get the ball to Gene Bell as much as possible, etc. He goes, truly mind-blowing. That is all. Yeah, yes. Barry, you're not wrong. Nope. <laughs> the bear. oh man hey speaking of uh speaking of mind-blowing i I wanted to mention this i don't i don't want to give this twitter twitter too much credit okay uh or 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 even tell you who it is but there's like one of these i guess fake gamecock media twitter outlets out there you know it looked like a media outlet but it's not (laughs) uh you know and oh, I
0: think I know where you're going with this. Yeah,
3: and, and there's there, there's some of these guys out here that have, like, Instagram accounts and stuff that work really hard. Uh, they don't have websites or anything like that, but they they're, they kind of brand themselves as coverage or whatever. They work really hard, put really good graphics up, and, you know, there's some folks out there that have Twitter accounts that are really good, and they work hard and uh, super duper, and, you know, they get emotional like some of us, like the rest of us, you know? But but this one of them has decided to uh, tweet to Satterfield's wife, Sarah Satterfield. Uh, I I want to encourage everyone not to do that, because I think, number one, it makes you a loser and borderline psychotic. Uh, Mark Satterfield's wife has nothing to do with how he does his job, right? Neither does his family, his kids, anything like that. That's, That's crossing a huge line. In my opinion, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I just, just want to, and, and I don't think, you know, actually, Gamecock Twitter, the Gamecock Twitter ecosystem, uh, actually handled it really well. You know, there was one guy with fire sat in his, uh, in his, well, his, where his picture should go on Twitter. It said yeah. fire sat, and he called this clown out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just, you know, call stuff like that out. Um, look, it's a tough enough situation. It's not personal. It's about business. It's about the business is college football. And that's, that's what it is. And, uh, you know, Sad's not doing anything personally to you and his wife's certainly not. His kids certainly aren't that goes for any coach that comes through here, man. It's just not, uh, not, uh, not good. Not as a
0: reply so, to just her putting up a picture of her own family. I mean, you know, listen, it, it's ridiculous. It's the same, it's the same type of loser mentality who tweets it a commit, you know, or a recruit rather who doesn't commit to your school. Like, yes, you're you're changing nothing.
3: They're not your <laughs> friends.
0: No, you don't know the these recruits, people just
3: because they're they not your screen, friends. <laughs> you not yeah, yeah, you see it on Twitter. Oh, come on. Yeah, like hey, bro, bro, yeah, you know, brah. <laughs> play hey, dude, oh, hey, buddy, buddy, listen, man, you just make the choice that's right for you, dude. I don't care where you go. I got your back forever. And then the kid commits to another school, and this same account goes, you know, you're a know-nothing piece of whatever, and sometimes it gets a little uglier than that. Uh, I've seen that more with other other programs than this one, uh, but there are a lot of Gamecock fans out there who just can't help themselves. From tweeting now, the guys that tweet at the kids when they, when they talk about I got a decision coming up, and they just tweet the Game Gamecock gif or something, I don't have a problem with that, no, you know, because no, no, everybody no, else is no. doing that. That's that's fine, but yeah. but don't 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 act like you're developing a personal relationship with these guys. Don't hit them up on Facebook. Don't act, don't think you're an insider because you go ask them stuff on Facebook because they're probably lying to you. You know, I'll tell you that right now.
0: Yeah, sneaking uh, out of their DMs so, and all that. Yeah, right? don't, don't slide
3: up in anybody's DMs, you know. I know you're excited uh, and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, there's that. Um, Jeff Foller says the world we live in sad. Yeah, don't do it. And, but I, I will say this on that note. I did not know I was in the Sarah Satterfield has blocked me fan club. Are you? I'm blocked. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea because I didn't. I don't follow her on Twitter. I had no idea, but I saw. I saw this commotion going on, so I go to hop over on her page. and She's got this thing up there about idiots, about listening to idiots. You know, so I guess I'm an idiot,
0: which is actually sage um, advice, you know, for somebody of her, uh, you know, position. <laughs> no, I'm this. gonna have to check mine now. Hold on, because I saw the tweet yesterday. I wonder. Yeah, if I'm in the
3: club. Man. I'll say this. I I don't blame her. I would if I were her. I would block everybody too. I would oh, just yeah, block, sure. block, 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 block. Because why? You don't even want to hear it, man. Because you know, number one, what are you? You're not going to go back and forth and argue with them. You know, <laughs> it's right. tough enough as it is. You know, and and I, I would probably block. Not not that I'm being ugly and I'm, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't like you or anything like that. It's just that I don't. I want to tune out the noise and enjoy my Twitter experience. I bet she's got a block list like. I mean, because I know Brad Crawford's on it. I know uh, who else is on it? Brad Crawford. I know Brad's on it and, and several other people.
0: <laughs> nope, I'm so. still in. I'm still in. I'm not in that club.
3: You're not in the club, Phil. For neither
0: of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I don't follow either of them, but, yeah. but Jafalli,
0: I, I, do, I, I follow Satterfield, but not his wife. Yeah, why would Sa- I follow a man's wife?
3: <laughs> yeah, Sat never tweets. follow said she did you a favor, JC, LOL. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for her own peace of mind, it's probably best. I, don't, I haven't said very much about Sat. Sa- Last year, I tweeted some really tough stuff about him being the worst OC in football. Um and uh, and I regretted that. That was probably during the Vandy game last year. Uh, I regretted doing that. And I think I eventually deleted it, but um, I haven't really said much this year. I'll, I'll send out vague stuff like this week. I was like, changes need to be made.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. And that's- what does that
3: mean? You know, I could be talking about like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm eating too many cheeseburgers, and I'm like, ah, oh, changes need to be made. What does that mean? Changes I had need to be made. Too me, many
0: beers, man. yeah, and I'm like, man. I'm too many
3: beers here. Got to make some changes. <laughs> changes in my life. Arthur says it's not personal for me. No, it shouldn't be. Uh, Cynical Aries says I'm not in the Twitter full of woke pricks. Yep, hate to see the Gamecocks messing with the family members of anyone. Honestly, it's the one fun thing to have in here. Yeah, and it's one guy. So hmm. I, I, I thought the you know everybody else like got all over like jumped this guy's butt. So. You know, that's the thing there. Um, 76 says never tweet recruits, family members, and stay away from messaging other people's wives. My gosh.
0: Really? Yeah. Um,
3: (laughs) Tristan with prediction of the day three nothing, Vandy.
0: I was going to say three two for a spoof.
3: Uh, Carolina Empire says, well, you weren't wrong, nothing personal, but he is one of the worst OCs in college football. I think he's probably toward the bottom of power five.
0: Yeah, I mean, for those people who rank those kinds of things, it would be remiss to not have him down there at this point. Because what what has he done?
3: I'm trying to think of who's worse in the SEC. Nobody. Because the Vanderbilt OC has done a really good job considering the talent Mm -hmm. he's got and the young players he's got. Uh Missouri in there. there. Um, you know who's second worst? Kentucky. Uh, I'll, yeah. say, I'll say that right now. That guy doesn't have a clue. He thinks he's in the NFL as well. And what's kind of funny is Mark Stoops and Shane Beamer both went down this path where they're like, we're going to be the Rams, or we're going to be the 49 guy or we're going to be this. I don't think Shane thought that. I think Shane thought Joe Brady meets Lincoln Riley. <laughs> But 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 Mark Stoops, it amazes me that he got rid of Eddie Grant, who had a system that was working for them. Even though they played a receiver at quarterback one year, they won eight games. And he goes, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to confuse the hell out of all my players, and uh, (laughs) and 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 run a pro offense like. And I don't I don't think Kentucky's confused. I just think that they were better off with what Grant did, in my opinion. So so Kentucky probably 13. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Billy Napier would probably be twelfth in my book.
1: Yeah,
0: he's having he's struggling because
3: he, he calls he calls them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that yeah, um, I just can't think of anybody worse.
0: Yeah, not in the SEC, but Carolina Empire brings up a a really good point in that Brian Ferentz is awful.
3: I am with you Uh, Carolina Empire there is someone in Power 5 that's worse than Marcus Satterfield
1: Mm.
3: Arthur says offer Sean Lewis 1.2 million and get out of the way if he'd come for 1.2 million like I said I'll drive the family truckster over to Kent Ohio Mm -hmm. pick (laughs) him up and take him to Columbia in style I'll rent a limo and have a case of beer in the back and some beautiful babies if that's what it takes (laughs) <laughs> I think He's married though. Uh, j Rock says he's the worst OC that I could remember. Yeah, he is.
0: Been some and that's bad. and that's saying some something with the recent hires we've had.
3: <laughs> easy, easy. He says, I know we're about on offense, but Vandy's averaging 11.25 points against the SEC, worse than us, and our D is better. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not. I think South. Carolina, I'm going to give a prediction. I think South Carolina's going to win the game. Same. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm gonna pick a probably surprising score. That said, with Vandy's offense, you have to look at the fact they've played Missouri, they've played Georgia, they played Alabama. Those are three good defense, really good defensive teams. Mm. Uh they haven't gotten to like Florida and those guys yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, they did put some points on Ole Miss first half, and then Ole Miss just annihilated them. <clears throat> I mean, because it, because it was during the Kentucky game, and uh, my friend Margo was, was sitting there watching it on her iPad. Vandy got up twenty to thirteen right before the half. Next thing you know, they put that final score at fifty-two to twenty-eight. Yeah. The <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. game half face says Radler has lost his confidence in this system we are trying to run. Yeah, and and they do nothing to get it to get this kids confidence back. He does nothing to get it back. No. Uh, clearly, the kids better on the run. You know, clearly the kids better rolling out of the pocket right now. Don't ever do that. Uh, Keith always likes to talk about the boots and waggles.
0: Boots and waggles. Yeah. That, that
3: kind of sounds like a daggum, like a like a high school football themed country song or band. Hi, uh, 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 folks. We're boots and waggles. <laughs> we're going to play a little song called First Down. Yeah. Hope y'all are doing well. <laughs> um, J-Rock says, do you think Missouri's D could give Tennessee a surprising challenge? They're so different than they were last year, J-Rock, when that was kind of the beginning of this whole Tennessee thing. Tennessee went to Columbia, Missouri, and scored 62. Mm. They were a three-and-a-half-point underdog, and they just went all, ran all over them killed them. But Missouri's a little different this year. They, they've got – see, they, they, they got rid of Steve Wilkes, sent him back to the NFL. Yep. Which, by the way, Steve Wilkes had a reason to be an NFL because He's been there for years, right? So, so you know, I guess if you're just there one year as an assistant to an assistant, that uh, that makes you, you know. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah, Flint yeah. in already?
3: Is Flint yeah. in already? Yeah, Flint that's already? what I was
0: saying. Yeah, let's oh, go he's in. here.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, but you know, they're so much better. So. Maybe I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think Missouri's got the firepower to keep up with Tennessee. No. Michael Flint is in. We got his segment coming up. Wando's World uh, here on the other side of the break. Inside the Gamecast, the show we'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the Upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Sirfoss is your go-to person. Voss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the Upstate of South Carolina: Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die Our Gamecock fan, has been in the Upstate for more than thirty-five years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Foss Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker King. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
0: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the
3: requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
0: Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
3: Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
0: Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
3: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
4: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
3: Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Guy pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
0: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting NanasPorch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
3: Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man.
0: And we're back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax. The second hour is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at aburgesson, that's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at remax.net for your commercial or investment real estate needs. And we're joined by the Mc- on the McKellar Enterprises. Guest line by Michael Flint. No, no, they missed you last week. Michael, hope everything's all right. Uh, yeah, I uh,
5: had the Letterman Golf Tournament last week. nice it was a it was we had a lot of fun and i met the text on the way up and i forgot to hit the magical send button
0: i've done that plenty of
5: times man
3: the the magical send button i i've done that before too i'll go scrolling through and i'll be like i never sent this text my
5: god i mean you know channeling my inner herm edwards they always yelling don't hit send don't
3: (laughs) hit send (laughs) Well, Michael, very disappointing uh, performance against Missouri last week. You know, what are some of your takeaways with the offense? I mean, it seemed like with Lloyd out, they just couldn't get anything going. And Missouri's defense did play well, but it seemed
5: like there just really wasn't a plan uh, after that. No, you're 100% right. And it's just, dis- it's disappointing in so many different areas. That was- This was a game that, Really could have changed the course of the season. I think for South Carolina, you look at the effects that it had. We go into the first week of the of the rankings, college football playoff rankings, where we would be a top twenty-five team. You know, kind of all the all the noise around the program is positive. There's a lot of people talking about the program, um, which directly affects recruiting and a lot of that. But you know, just that game. It just – it hurt because that was a game I felt like we should have won and and really could have won. I think not having Marshawn Lloyd hurt. But it felt like Missouri was one step ahead of us the whole game, offensively, defensively. It just – it it was clear that they knew what we were doing. And I think we just became too predictable on offense. I think we just tried to be – tried to be too conservative. We didn't take a lot of chances – um, you know, it was just – it was it was frustrating um, to watch a little bit. I think we could have done things to help Spencer. I think we could have done things to help the running backs. Um, but overall, we were just too predictable. Missouri put us in too many, you know, bad down-to-distance situations. And it just felt like they were one step ahead of us all game long, um, you know, which was disappointing to see. So, overall, it was just – this is one that I think we're going to look back on and this one's going to hurt because I think having won this one, the, we really were set up for the rest of the season very nicely, uh, but just couldn't get anything going offensively. And we the defense just could not get off the field. I mean, those sustained drives that Missouri had, you know, first off it was impressive to watch the Missouri offense work because it felt like they knew what we were doing. Anytime we brought pressure, they knew exactly what to do. They kind of replaced it. You know, as you say, where you bring pressure from, it's where you want to replace it. Um, But, you know, those long drives really hurt. Spencer Rattler obviously struggled
3: yet again. Um, Going back into this weekend against Vanderbilt, Vandy's last in the SEC pass defense. But, uh, you know, it's hard for me, uh, you know, because I I, I looked at the matchups with Kentucky and A&M, and I felt pretty confident. Um, Hard for me to sit there and even go as – you know, lowly ranked as Vandy is defensively. I mean, they have played Ole Miss, Alabama, and Georgia. Uh, hard for me to say it's going to be a, a get-right game. I, I don't – I mean, I guess I've lost – maybe lost faith in a little bit in the game planning and stuff. And I think, you know, if Carolina's defense and special teams obviously shows up, they could probably have a nice win up there. I, I think they could win the game. I'm going to pick them to win the game. I'm going to bank on the defense and special teams showing up. Uh, but, you know, at this point, Michael, uh, you know, Marcus Satterfield says this week they're they're still trying to figure out what exactly they are on offense, and it's only Spencer Rattler's first year. And I mean, that's kind of the same stuff we heard last year. Uh, I think people were willing to swallow it last year, but you're 21 games into a tenure.
5: Yeah, it was also Spencer Rattler's, well, first year at Oklahoma playing when he threw for a freaking million, million yards, it seems like, um, in a system. But – you know, it it is frustrating to hear that this deep into the season, um, especially when you've had the summer, you've had last spring, I know there's new guys, but you know, it shouldn't be this difficult, it shouldn't be this hard. When you got a guy as talented as Spencer Rattler and you've seen what he can do historically to what he's doing this year, it just it 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 is frustrating. And I think you kind of see like it is it, it is what it is on offense. Um you know, but like I said, we've got, I mean, I've said it before, we've got to get him comfortable and, you know, you just don't see us utilize simple, you know, quick game slants, hitch, you know, those, those kind of concepts that so even, you know, even kind of shift in the pocket a little bit to get him comfortable. It was, you know, against Missouri, it felt like every time he dropped back, there was pressure coming from somewhere. Um, you know, whether it was offensive line breakdown um, blitzes, things of that nature, but, you know, he just – he hasn't gotten comfortable all year. And I always feel like it's kind of that next game is where he's going to kind of find it. But, you know, we've said that next game since, you know, since the second game of the year. And we just – we haven't found ways to get him comfortable. And I think it's going to be – it is what it is through the rest of the year. You know, hopefully he can find something, um, you know, to help with be getting comfortable in the pocket. Uh, because we just haven't done that for him lately, whether it's shifting the pocket, getting him out on, you know, bootleg play action – You know, getting him outside the pocket where you know he doesn't have as much pressure. But you know, I think kind of we are where we are Um, at this point in the year. You can see a lot of the games that we've won. We've had big time special team plays, and I think that's what's going to have to happen this week is we're going to have to be really good on special teams. Special teams is going to have to create some sort of um, you know turnover, score, you know, put us in plus field position, something uh, because that's really where we. When we have success, it's because of special teams. And a lot of the games we've won are because of special teams. So getting back to special teams having success. But, you know, offensively, it's just, it's, I know it's frustrating for everybody to see because we have the talent. You know, even with Marshawn Lloyd being out this week, the running back position is one position that doesn't worry me, even not having Marshawn Lloyd. Um, Christian Beale Smith is a guy that's, you know, really good. Um, He does every, all the little things well, he's very physical. You know, you can give him the ball 20, 25 times a game, and it feel like he just gets stronger. So, I, you know, I like seeing him being able to get his opportunity a little more this week with Lloyd being banged up. Um, but like I said, we've been too predictable uh, on offense to where we're almost playing against. It feels like there's 12 men out there rather than 11 at times. So, you know, I think we are what we are. Just seeing what we do coming into the game, um, seeing how we get Jaheem Bell more involved. I know the frustration level with him. Um, not having as many touches as we'd like. So, you know, I'd like to see us utilize the middle of the field as well. You know, we haven't utilized that 10 to 20-yard area, um, you know, especially with the play action. That's where the play action can – you can really be dangerous with play action because that's where you have those linebackers that are, you know, play and run, and they step up, step up. they got to hold, and they can't get back into space as quickly as you'd like. And that's where you want to get guys like Jaheim Bell the ball. Um, Amari and Brown, the ball, get them the ball in the space and let them work. You know, it doesn't have to be out of the backfield. It doesn't have to be at the line of scrimmage. Um, downfield, you know, take your drop, take your steps, cut the ball loose. And that's another area I'd like to see us improve on is just getting the ball to our playmakers in the middle of the field, utilizing that 10 to 20 yard window, um, you know, and really utilizing that play action game to get those linebackers, safeties more in the box, um, and give, give, give us an extra step or two.
3: Yeah, I don't understand why. That never happens. That's baffling to me. Uh, it looks like uh, if uh, you know, and I agree on Christian Bill Smith as long as he's healthy and ready to go. And and Shane Beamer did say this week that he didn't he wasn't feeling great last week, but uh, he says he's ready
5: to go this week. It looks like they're gonna play Jaheem Bell at running back. What do you think about that? You know, I do like that. You know, he's shown that he can play. He he can, you know, he can he can run the ball, he can do a lot of things. Um you know, I think you got to be careful with how you utilize him in the backfield because there is a lot that comes along with being a running back. It's not just handing the ball off and running. There's a lot of responsibility and pass protection that you have to be, you know, accountable for. Um, but it's utilizing him the right way and knowing, you know, get him in in the pass game out of the backfield, um, having him there, moving him around the formation because Vanderbilt's going to have to account for him. Um, but I do like the fact that, you know, getting him back there, getting him some touches out of the backfield, um, you know, utilizing different kind of personnel packages with him um, and moving him around the formation. I think that's one thing we've kind of lost a lot of over the course of the last couple of games is, you know, moving him around because he's always got to be accounted for. He's a he's a, he's a matchup nightmare, um, you know, depending on where he is in, in the formation and, and, you know, what kind of personnel the defense chooses. Uh, to use with him in the game, whether it's a, an extra linebacker or if it's a uh, if it's a safety.
0: Yeah, I think one thing, Michael, that we that we've all kind of keyed in on is the personnel usage and the different packages that have been going in for certain plays and things like that. So, if if the directive comes down from Shane Beamer to Satterfield to say, okay, you got to get Bell the ball more. And they try to incorporate him into different personnel packages. Is it, I mean, how hard is that transition going to be for him just to function in a different, you know, with with different guys on the field and maybe running some different plays, um, assuming that it's something that's just wildly different than what he's, you know, currently used to?
5: Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think it'll be, you know, too different as far as what he's done in practice. I just think that we, you know, he hasn't been utilized as much as, you know, maybe he should, but I think a lot of the plays are there, and he knows what to do. Um, you know, I think with him, it's just not being so predictable with what we're doing with certain formations, uh, with certain motions, when you bring in guys across formation. I mean, I, you know, a couple of games ago, consistently see that, you know, Nate Atkins comes in motion down the line, blocks the guy on the line of scrimmage, you know, whether it's kick-out block or um, lead, no, it's, we just haven't, you know, come back to that, and thrown the ball out of that look. You know, it seems like all we've done is run the ball. And we, you can see the way we line up, the way we move guys around. You can see almost what we're doing. And it's, you know, a lot about game days is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You can't – things can't be going, going, going. And then you rely on the old plays that you're used to calling all the time because defensive coordinators pick up on the trends and they pick up on that stuff watching film, you know, week in and week out. And so almost like, you know, it's being like, you know, let's let's open the playbook up and call some things that we're not used to because, you know, kind of what we've been doing it and working and it's a lot of the same type of things that, you know, Missouri picked up on. And it was, you know, like I said earlier, Missouri was one step ahead of us. It was like they knew what we were doing before the play was even called. So, um, you know, just being less predictable, I think, you know, getting Jaheim Bell the ball, moving him around, you know, building your offense off of what you do early on and setting up plays later on And I feel like we haven't really done that um, a lot this year. Yeah.
0: I guess to that point, the good thing is, is uh, Satterfield said there was a whole bunch of plays that we didn't uh, run that we practiced all, you know, two weeks ago. So we'll get a whole nother week to practice and put them in.
5: in And that's that's kind of what happens on game days is, you know, bullets start flying and, you know, you start to rely on what you know and what you're used to calling. And you just get comfortable trying to get a play in. Um, You can see was it the first play of the second half? We had to delay a game. I mean, that, you know, coming out of the locker, you know what you want to do. And it just, you know, it was it was tough to watch um, at times because I feel like we just rely back on the old plays that we're used to running week in and week out, and we don't really get outside of that, per se. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for what
3: I was told, they don't really, you know, I, I know that certain other coaches that have been at Carolina would rep, the same plays over and over and over and over again. Um, there's a lot in practice uh, of like reinventing the wheel uh, too that happens. And then when you don't, I mean, you know, Kurt Roper, when he was here, that was a criticism that some of the players and other coaches had. It's like, we, you know, we practice all this stuff that are in the week and it's great. And you get the game and he just never gets called because of that comfort zone. Like you said, uh, talking with Michael Flint, former Gamecock receiver here on his Friday segment on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, boots and waggles. That's uh, something Keith keeps th- talking about, like boots and waggles. Uh, so I-, I think you're right about that. I, You know, I, I don't even know. I mean, where, where is that? Where are the slants? I mean, where, where are the – these teams can't just be, like, taking that away because Carolina never runs it. So, so I, no. I'm I'm
5: not getting it. I mean, I'm not getting why that's not out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, lo- I, I love the old concepts of boots and waggles. I mean, it's it's a lot of the same things that teams do, just different newer age terminology, you know, that, that's, that's used with a lot of the younger guys. But, I mean, it's 100% right. I mean, you've got to get the ball out of Spencer's hand quickly. You know, he's not comfortable back there. It's like, you know, it's kind of like the old Sam Darnold, you know, thing of I'm seeing ghosts out there. It's – you know, rattlers got pressure coming from everywhere. And when a quarterback gets rattled and you start looking, your eyes are down at the line of scrimmage trying to see where the pressure's coming from, that's when you know things are not going to go well. Because when you don't have your eyes consistently downfield, you can't you can't see the defense. You can't see what they're doing. You can't see kind of the shifts they're making post-snap versus pre-snap. You see a cover's pre-snap, and then you see them kind of shift down. They could give you a cover two look, and then they shift down. a cover three or so or some sort of man look um but you've got to be able to keep your eyes downfield. and when pressure is coming from everywhere and you start to try to see where the pressure is coming from rather than feel it it's tough to get away from that and that's you know one thing coaches can do to get him out of that is get the ball out of his hands quickly not just on balls behind the line of scrimmage but quick game you know pressing the defense make them think you're going downfield get some slants curls hitches you know something where he can take either flip, get the ball, flip his feet and throw it or take a three-step drop, step up and throw the ball and, you know, anything within that 15 yards and less range. But, you know, also getting him out of the pocket, like I said earlier, you know, whether it's bootleg or just, you know, chipped in the pocket of some sort. But, you know, it's tough. And I think the rest of the year is going to be tough if we're not able to do that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, getting him comfortable and we just haven't been able to do that you know, at all this year. And it's been tough to watch because I know that kid has so much talent. I've seen you can see it. The ball just jumps out of his, you know, out of his hand. I mean, he throws such a nice, easy catchable ball. And I feel like we're just under underutilizing a lot of his strengths.
3: Yeah, and here's the thing you can see Beamer when they ask him about the the plays where, you know, he throws a over to the, the horizontal pass to the receiver, and, and they do that a lot. Uh, and Beamer kind of interrupted the. I guess it may have been David Kloninger or somebody else because he called them screen pass. They look like screens. He said they're not screens. They're these RPO type things. They're running. Um, I don't think that's the answer because I think that puts a lot on Spencer mentally as well. Uh, I, I kind of like when you're if you're going to run RPOs, I like it. I like them going downfield. Because the whole purpose of RPOs is to put the – from what I've read, now I know there's a lot of different types of RPOs these days, is to put the linebackers in conflict. And you're not mm-hmm. you're not putting the linebackers in anything if you're hitting it, hitting it out of the perimeter. I mean, I, I think that's one tag on an RPO, but it seems like he needs other options besides that one if he's not going to hand it. And then, I mean, I would just scrap that entire thing because I think – That doesn't get him on the move. It doesn't get him comfortable, and it's just one more thing he has to think about out there. Uh, Your thoughts about the the behind-the-line non-screen RPO plays?
5: Yeah, no. I mean, when you continue to do that, you don't get the defensive backs on their heels. You know, when a receiver is just automatically his first step is just back, then that defensive back you don't you don't put any press, uh, you don't put any stress or pressure on that defensive back. You know, to start his backpedal, and then they can come forward then, you know, it makes it a little more difficult. You got guys out there that got to be really good blocking, um, you know, depending on, you know, how that defensive back is lined up. You know, I haven't really looked to see if they were more in more press type coverage or if they were in off coverage. But either way, um, you know, it it, it doesn't feel like they've been in in as much off coverage um, with those. But you're not putting any pressure on the defensive back. Because in, in in all theory, the same thing is happening with the quarterback. The quarterback's got to get the ball. He's got to get the snap. He's got to flip his feet. And he's got to throw it. And with the defensive back, just seeing the receiver either take a step back or just flip his hips, it's automatically the first thing the defensive back's doing is, is is coming at him. And so when you get the ball, you know when that same thing with the quarterback, but you get a receiver, you know taking a you know running a three-step slant or a quick out from the slot or you know, a curl or, you know, something, a hitch, it puts, makes that defensive back start his back pedal and, and create that separation for the receiver because this, the quarterback is doing the same thing. He's getting the ball, he's flipping his hips, and he's got to throw it on timing. And it just seems like the timing is not there. A lot of what we're doing, the timing, just this timing of the drop just doesn't match up with what the receiver's doing. I often see our receivers kind of standing a little bit, um, you know rather than that ball coming out, the receiver turning and it's on him as soon as he makes that break. And so, you know, I think J.C. You're 100% right in what we said. We got to get, you know, the ball downfield more. Um, you know, in that with the slants, the hitches, curls, you know, out routes something just to put pressure on the defensive back to make them backpedal and kind of help create that separation for the receiver rather than him just flipping his hips and waiting for the ball to get there because it just it doesn't allow the receiver a lot of time. Um, or separation
3: well flint uh, this weekend the game pass go to vanderbilt they've eaten vanderbilt 13 times in a row have not lost since 07 i mean sorry pardon me 08 uh, up there on a thursday night we remember those i remember all four losses they've taken the vandy over the years they've come in twos so it would be an ominous sign to lose this football game uh, I kind of think Carolina's going to win, but what's your, your, your final
5: pick on this one, and uh, how do you think this game's going to play out? Yeah, you know, I think you know, I think South Carolina does win the game. Um, you know, I think we get back to some special team success. I think Coach Limbo is really good. He's really creative. He's got a really sharp mind when it comes to, you know, creating mismatches and opportunities on special teams. Um, you know we got to get back. I think you know I really love you know Clayton White and what he's done with that defense. You know with all the injuries, um, with a lot of these young guys stepping up, you know putting pressure, getting pressure on Vanderbilt's quarterback. I think with what Missouri did offensively, and you know kind of how they they run the offense, it was a little tougher to kind of bring that consistent pressure based on um, you know kind of their scheme with the quarterback in that in that uh, that zone read with the quarterback and getting outside the pocket. But you know I think we get back to what we do defensively um, creating turnovers. I think that's a big thing for us this week, but offensively, it's just, it's it's tough. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You tend to think that we're going to do things differently the next week, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, and so, you know, I, I hate to even say that, but, you know, I think it's just going to kind of be the same thing. Uh, we're going to have to create plays on special teams, create, There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Back, man. It's always, it's always one time. It's the, on the Almost the brain, made it. it up. I love
3: it. Almost <laughs> made it,
5: man. That's awesome. But, no, awesome. They, but no creating, the, you know, creating those turnovers and putting the offense in plus field positions to where, you know, at least get some points, whether it be field goal or touchdown. We just, you know, we, we, we need that assist from special teams and defense. But I think we do win the game. I think it's not as high scoring as, as what we would like. You know, we don't putting as many points on the board as we would we would want to. But I think, you know, a, a 28-17 type game, I think, is what we, you know, could be looking at. But I do like the Gamecocks here. Um, but, you know, twenty I think 28-17, you know, 20, 27-17, you know, I, we'll see. We'll see. But I do like the Gamecocks here. It's just – it was tough coming out of that Missouri game with what we had in front of us with a win, um, you know. But I do. I think we get back on track and, you know, hopefully – Continue on an upward tra- trajectory. Staying positive. Absolutely. You gotta stay positive. You gotta
3: mm-hmm. stay positive. All right, Michael. Well, you have a great weekend, man. And uh hopefully when we, when we talk to you next week, we're gonna be, you know, breaking down a victory and talking about how you know the game can go to the swamp and, and get a victory. And um uh Spurrier's printing up shirts now, by the way, because Mark Stoops became the winningest head coach in Kentucky. So Bear Bryant is no longer the other coach that's the all-time wins leader at two power five schools is just Spurrier alone. And that was it. <laughs> and so, so he has this on his Gridiron Grill Facebook page. I like, shoot, I was fortunate to do this. And half of it says Gamecock, half of it says Florida. And it's 122 wins here for Florida, 86 for the Gamecocks. And He's like, I see my Gamecocks, come play my Gators. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I bet if Florida was undefeated, he'd be taking sides, but. Uh,
5: Yeah, they're they're, they're struggling (laughs) too. Uh, all right, Mike, have a good weekend, man. We'll holler at you soon. Hey, enjoy it as always, guys. Go Cox, we'll talk soon.
1: See you, buddy. Go Cox,
5: Michael Flint.
0: Love it. I was worried that the phone wasn't gonna, you know, screw up and lose the picture, but that at the end, it's that would have been
3: unlucky, I think. Very unlucky, too.
0: I would not, yeah, that would have been, yeah. A bit foreboding. <laughs>
3: All right. I, I got to address one thing. I, I guess you can call this the IO Consulting Mailbag. He was in the he was in the chat box and asked this the other day. and We had a guest. I didn't get back to it. Greg says, talk to me like I'm a child. Other than that one bowl game, what has Bell done? I want to understand. Well, I'll follow this up with Will. Um, well, we remember the 87-yard touchdown he caught against Vandy last year. That was big time. Um, he's never had a chance like he had in the bowl game. Because <laughs> last year, Jaheim disappeared for long stretches. Just like, you know, down the stretch, didn't do anything. Um Called a touchdown against Florida. I mean, it, 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 when he's been – I think this was so frustrating about it, Greg, is when he's been given the opportunity, he's absolutely produced. Um, and then you can go – and take it a step further and look at the fact that he's big, he's fast, he's got good hands, he's strong. Uh, I know he's had drops, but every receiver drops it every now and then. So that's the deal there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I wanted to answer that uh, about Bell because he's been asking. And that, that's why. That's why everybody under the sun <laughs> thinks Jame Bell needs to touch it more. And I, I just hope that if it's the idea and the plan is running back, then – Maybe it's running back, but uh, you know I got some intel too that Jaheim probably uh, isn't as good as they would want him to be at uh, you know knowing where, what to do and where to go on all these different plays. Um, and to that I say, it's the job of the coach. It's your job as a coach, uh, and I and I understand like if, if you're. Let's say Steve Spurrier or whatever, and you got a receiver that just cannot grasp the concept of of of, uh, option routes or whatever, because you can't do that. That's your whole offense. It depends on it. But this is not an offensive system that's done anything at any level at any time. Going maybe back to Chattanooga, right? Ten years ago. Okay, so it's not like it's all predicated on this great system. The system is not good. It's not called well it, there's comp too much too complicated. There's nothing special about the plays. There's nothing, you know, the play design's fine, but that's it. Um, so my feeling is, and when I read that Tennessee had only five plays, my blood started boiling because you know what? If Gene Bell hits the portal and goes to Tennessee, uh, I'll tell you all you people, you know, the folks out there that think we well, haven't done anything since the bowl game, well, go look at the bowl game. Multiply that, and that's what he's going to do in Tennessee's offense. Uh, and I don't have any inside info that he'll transfer there or whatever, but heck I would if they wanted me, mm-hmm. you know, and then you play receiver in that system. So, uh, yeah, so just w- wait and see, you know, if you, people want to go put it back on Bell and say, well, he's not that good because he had nothing. Well, you know, hey, there's a lot of good players that, that – that, uh, like Juice Wells, really good player, right? A really good player. Eight catches, 189 yards, Had zero the next week. It's <laughs> not that he's not good. Uh, and, and that's what I think people are frustrated with. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Last segment, when we get back, final break. Thanks to Wando for coming in on a Friday uh, on Inside the Gamecast, the show, back after these messages.
2: Cox.
3: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor, at M E R T A Y L O R, or go to mckellarenterprises.org. mckellar spelled M C K E L L A R enterprises.org. Her email is on the website so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services.
4: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
3: Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Guy pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
0: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown.
3: I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
0: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
3: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
0: Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy, Matthew Odom today from heritage digital. Heritage digital is an it firm that specializes in making sure your it network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
3: Yeah. I heard that monthly fees low too. So I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
0: Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
3: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
2: This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock baseball. And you are listening
3: to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox!
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. The second hour is brought to you by the Burgesson team at
0: Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at aburgesson, that's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net. And just so everybody understands what it was that Tristan sent us, while we were going through the I Help Consulting mailbag, here's a picture of not Sats Playbook.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Lloyd Bell, Doty Joiner? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. about Doty
0: or Joiner. I, I, I'm not, I'm not. I don't think Spencer Rattler's the problem. I mean, you know, I really don't. I, I, and I don't no. think you can make any judgments on him. I, I, I hate it for Rattler, that he's had to deal with this (laughs) this year because Mm -hmm. really you were thinking he's going to be, you know, one transfer, get right, and then off to the league he goes. And I don't think he has helped his
3: draft stock.
0: One iota. Mm -hmm. I haven't been forced to run this
3: offense. It's like a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Lady Bree talks about he's locked on one receiver. That's not true. Um. I don't even know how you can tell that from the tape, uh, but uh, I, I don't know that things are designed, you know, that well with him. And, and I also think that sometimes when you were uh, swimming mentally and you got 13-word play calls and 100-play 100 100 playbook and uh, you're, you're shuffling plays in and out every week and not mastering the fundamentals, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to struggle. And, uh, lady, I don't think that has much to do with how good or not good Spencer Rattler is. Uh, you're not evaluating him for uh, the NFL. You're evaluating him for college ball. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know that a lot of quarterbacks out there, you know, in his situation wouldn't struggle as well. I would like to see. He didn't have problems finding a secondary receiver at Oklahoma. I mean, I guess the, the, the criticism was he couldn't read a defense in his second year, but, you know, their offensive line was struggling. I think they went with a guy that had some wheels. So, but um, regardless of that, uh, Hendon is going to win the Heisman this year. <laughs> Only has to read half the field. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes in college, you know, you you, you got to scale things back. You're not always going to have a guy that's, you know, all over it and could make all these reads and stuff. Um, You know, so that was the deal there. And and I'm not saying, look, if I felt like without the shadow of a doubt, if they put Luke Doty in the game uh, and he could – and they start zipping up and down the field, finding guys, uh, I'd feel fine with it, you know. I mean, I'd say, all right, make the – because, you know, again, like I said, you know, you can't sit there and worry about an offensive coordinator's playbook you got to win games. You can't worry about the feelings of a quarterback. You've got to go win games. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, if Luke Doty were better and the better option, and he, let's say they do, bitch Spencer, they put Luke in, they go up and down the field, fine. Uh, you know, even if it's just him taking off and running. But you watched Luke last year too, confused. Uh, the only one that really wasn't was Jason Brown, and he was he just would run out of the pockets and, and, yeah. <laughs> and sling it down the field. I mean, scramble play was his best play.
0: Yeah. Even when uh, he didn't need to, that was his yeah, and, and <laughs> there,
3: that's, that's there's no coincidence that he played, you know, played pretty well. And then, you know, I think this offense found something in the bowl game. And it wasn't just because Joyner was playing quarterback. I thought the play calling and the balance and, and the ideas were you're like, wow, because you're, like, finally using Bell the right way. You, you finally got Amari and Brown involved. Uh, you know, you, you got Joyner at quarterback. That's good because Joiner at slot receiver could not get open, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you got the, the run game got going. You know, you had balance. You, you kept North Carolina off balance. That They've done none of that. And, and it's just game to game. You know, you, you just – you know, this team's gone from a five-wide, empty set look and – the first two to something else to something. I mean, it's just awful. Uh, Craig says, what would Wells do in that Tennessee system? Shoe buddy, as JC says. Oh, Antoine Wells. <laughs> He'd kill it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the deal there. Uh, Lady Breeze's half the field isn't one player. Look, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I mean, it's just kind of funny. Those that are kind of like film guys and gals, they like to blame. They kind of lean towards blaming the quarterback. And then everybody else says, "Oh no, no, no! This system sucks." So uh, I don't know. Jeff says he'd take Dak over Doty. Uh well, there's just such a well. There, see, there's a small sample size for both. Yeah, You,
0: know? yeah, you just don't know. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So that's uh, that's good there, right there. So that's uh, either way,
1: I
0: tomorrow when we don't talk about it quite so much.
3: Yeah, I think if you're going to play the Carry <laughs> and Joiner, he needs to have a a, a daggum. A series,
0: yeah, an yeah. entire series. You don't put him in for one play, you know, because every I mean, because then we all know what's going to happen there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, then you put the, the threat of a running and throwing quarterback back there. I like the idea of having two running backs back there on a few plays with him. That way, you have to account for three people who could run the ball. Um, you know, with one of them being, I guess, you know, CBS. Bell, even if it's juju, because at that point, if you're, you know, you're working the edge, right? You know, is what that's generally designed to do. And that's, you know, where juju lives. I mean, that's where he does best, not between the tackles.
3: Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, I just, uh, it's just been a bad thing. Yeah. This year, says, win tomorrow, get bowl eligible, then focus on getting an upset. Yeah. Yeah, man. there. So, yeah. all right. I got a trivia question for you.
1: All uh-huh. right.
3: First person to get this right in the Dennis Porch chat box gets the, uh, gets the secondary prize pack, <laughs> Bar- little barbecue sauce of magnet koozie and a uh, uh, barbecue rub and sign baseball. So how about that? So that's the deal there. Um, okay. So South Carolina has lost to Vanderbilt four times all time, right? So, uh, who was the coach that beat them the first time they lost to Vanderbilt uh, ever? And that would have been in 1998. So, Bobby Johnson got those last two. So, who was Vandy's coach in 1998 when they beat the Gamecocks? Do, 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 do. Uh, no idea. Nobody's buying. Come on, guys. Uh-uh. Look at that. Talk, talked about, it about him earlier this week.
0: God, it's all stumped. I can't even remember what you said. I
1: can't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach says, I said before the season, we'd be seven and five. Easy says, when did Dak Prescott join the team? Yeah, that's right about that. I didn't mean, mention that. I, I don't you know, John's such a great uh big slam of jamma won it again.
0: Yeah, Wiedenhofer. That's right. Yeah. Woody
3: <laughs> Wiedenhofer, baby. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Woody Wiedenhofer got got that uh that win. Um yeah, because J Jafoller a really good uh poster and stuff like that. But yeah, Dak's DK. He, he doesn't uh, he, he said something to somebody about because a lot of people were calling him Dak and you know I think another podcast um, Keith or somebody probably started calling him Dak I, so I try to stay away from uh, until it gets like you know official like Juice Wells uh, I don't try to like get there and, and, and try to call them by their nickname because that that was, it's it's DK or Dakaria um which is fine I mean I understand that but yeah you're right about that Evan. Um, quantrell says Watson Brown. That's a good guess. John says Uh, Donardo. I think Donardo may have been. No, Donardo would already go So, Wiedenhofer coached for Donardo. And so, Donardo was already at LSU, and, and Wiedenhofer got promoted from within. Uh, and so I think, I think Woody Wiedenhofer won both of those, uh, 98 and that epic, um, you know, 11 to 10 battle in 1999. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that
3: may be one of the worst Carolina football games I've ever seen safeties and such. Um, yeah, Weidenhofer was the, was in his third year that year. Vandy came to town and won 11 to 10. Uh, Vandy was pretty good on defense that year. They played Florida, lost 13 to six at the swamp. She had played, Vanderbilt came and shut us down, man. Shut, shut us down. <laughs> but, uh,
0: Anyway, so that's uh but well, the good thing uh, is we've already got
3: uh big slam jamma's mailing address
0: unless it's changed and then you need to send me a new email.
3: <laughs> yeah, and make sure you put your, your real name because I, I couldn't put Big Slam Jamma on there on the on the pack with the mail it, and I was like, I got his address, but be sure you put your name, but we'll get you that prize pack out and thanks for playing. All right, Phil, I'm gonna give you my prediction.
0: Yeah, what you got, JC? What's this gonna got?
3: sound this is gonna sound a little weird, but uh I really respect, like, and admire what Vanderbilt's done on offense this year with, with mm-hmm. their two quarterbacks. Uh, they got a good running back. They got two really fast, good receivers. Uh, I also think South Carolina has an advantage on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, Vanderbilt's not good on defense. I think South Carolina special teams could maybe make a play, maybe not. I don't think they're going to need it. I think the game counts are going to win 31 21, and it's going to go over the 47. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I think you're fighting some recent – when people talk about the under, and look, the boys in Vegas know what the heck they're doing. Don't get me wrong. But when you're talking about the under for this game, I think you're, you're fighting two things. First of all, if you're a Gamecock fan, first of all, you're fighting the old school Vanderbilt. We're really full of piss and vinegar on defense, but we can't move the ball past the 50. It's kind of reversed this year, kind of, sort of like, uh, you know, Kentucky wasn't that good on the offensive line. We, we don't think about that. Uh, so I think against the, the worst defense of the league, you know, Carolina's got enough athletes to make enough big plays just by making them, uh, to put points on the board. I think they'll force of turnovers, uh, you know, the AJ Swan kid against Missouri under pressure really struggled. Uh, I think he was 13 for 30. They like to throw it a whole lot more than they used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be a really legit mm-hmm. offense here in a couple of years. I just think they may be. A little ways away. Uh defensively, they have given up points, but they played with the exception of Bama and Georgia and Missouri, who are three of the best. Probably that that may be the three best defenses in the SEC field. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be just to be straight with you, that mm-hmm. those was, was may be the three best. They've played higher scoring games. Ole Miss was higher scoring, Elon was higher scoring, Wake was higher scoring. Yeah, you know, so your concern if you're the Game is these guys are good on offense unless they're playing just a team that overwhelms them. Um, and uh so you got to put points on the board, you know, and, and I think I think they have to know that as, as flawed and weird as last week was, you know, this is not the Missouri defense that, that's given you try, I mean, you know, the if there's a new offensive coordinator next year, um he you know, he'll, he can worry about how to solve that next year because you don't have to play play, uh, play Missouri again for a while. This is Vanderbilt and I think you know last year the offense bogged down in the middle of it but you know what happened to that game Phil Luke Doty re-injured his foot they had uh, they had turnovers it was just a, it was just a it was just a mess you know uh, and I think this year the offense has played better than last it hasn't been the dumpster fire that last year was a right. dumpster fire against Missouri without question. Dumpster fire against a lot of teams, but they are a little better. They do have some more firepower. I think I think it's almost one of those things where it may be good that Lloyd's not playing because Vandy can't just sit there and go, well, we're going to make Lloyd beat us, mm-hmm. or, or we're not going to let Lloyd beat us. I think Missouri said the same thing, though. Lloyd is running around, around them, so who cares? But, uh, you know, uh, if Lloyd is out – And I, I, in my gut, I think he's, I don't, I don't, I'm skeptical.
0: (laughs) um, Yeah. I I don't see that happening. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Skeptical. But, uh, you know, I I think that it almost forces you forces Satterfield or whoever else, uh, the different players to kind of step up and not rely so much on that one guy. Uh, And they'll have to figure it out. You know, sometimes when you throw somebody uh, into the water to go swimming. That's the best thing, best way to teach you to learn how to swim. That's my dad did that to my brother Jason. Uh, unfortunately, Jason sank to the bottom and dad went, Oh god, and had to dive in. <laughs> yeah, and you know my brother Jason, the pilot, you know. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Never get in a plane with him ever. Never. <laughs> Never. If you get if you get on the air and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain Sherbert. This is your captain speaking. Will we flight time over to Nashville? And, uh-uh. Give me off. <laughs> I, I have a religious, uh, a religious, uh, you know, I guess uh, reason why I can't fly today. <laughs> Please get me off. I have a religious protest. Uh, Shomer Shabbos. Sh- Shomer Shabbos. Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Cletus McDowell's. Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> Cletus McDowell Cletus like, McDowell Like from coming to America <laughs> yeah. post Cletus McDowell Over uh, the line, uh, over the line. <laughs> Doc for Knicks, 21-14 Gamecocks Says they're going to win and go bowling And Chris says playing Joiner Would be the best thing to happen Satterfield is to be forced to simplify
5: Will he? <laughs>
0: Remember, it's about the plays, not the players.
5: Oh, yeah. yeah the plays.
3: <laughs> uh, Clint says he was two minutes behind on the trivia question. Dang it. I would have gotten that one in three seconds. Daniel says, I think this team's offensive player ability made it able to win nine, but sad has made us into a hopeful six-win team. Yeah. I can't disagree, man. I
0: can't either. Uh, I mean, you know, that, to me otherwise, you know.
3: <laughs> now, with better play, college, would they have beaten Arkansas out there? I don't know because, you know, you sit there and go, well, they couldn't stop them, so they got 44 and the Gamecocks got 30. and You know, Gamecocks did a good job of attacking their pre mint defense, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is Arkansas has proven to not be very good on offense, especially in the passing game. On defense, especially the passing game, I, I don't know if the Gamecocks don't go out there and get behind twenty-one to three, and make it impossible that they're not in the game till the end and could win it. So that could have been a win. Georgia, obviously, with the way they played, that was a tough call. But you don't, you know, look at Missouri and how they played Georgia. I mean, they ended up establishing things, got had some good things happen early, uh, whatever. So I, I'm going to say they probably would not have beaten Georgia. Uh, I think they would have beaten Missouri, though. Um, so uh, you know they could have been seven and two or eight and one right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and like I told somebody the other day, think <laughs> about this: if you're a college football team, you know, college football teams very rarely are very are great on special teams, opportunistic to good on defense, and then have a good, really good offense. Okay, uh, it just doesn't work that way most of the time. You know, uh, if South Carolina can continue to do the work they're doing on special teams, and this is moving forward after this year uh get to keep the defense solid. Uh and then you know, because South Carolina should always there's gonna be years where they're young on defense, not maybe maybe missing some parts, right? Mm-hmm. But um I'll say this. Uh you know South Carolina historically has shown the ability because think back even like 0- 08, 0- 08, 08 ended badly. That was Ellis Johnson's first year. But During the year, I mean, they were good enough to hold Georgia to 14 and and some things like that. You know, South Carolina has shown the ability to string together four, five, six good years of of defense around here. Yeah, yeah. you just got to recruit those D linemen, keep developing them, fill it and have a a good scheme. And, and, you know, this this program can be solid and consistent on defense. Offense has been a different matter. uh, But then you have the special teams factor. So if you can somehow find a way. To 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 you know reinvent everything on offense right <laughs> coming into next year and have a good year you know teams that are good in all three phases are very hard to beat I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not predicting championships but I, I think the narrative around Shane Beamer uh, and this entire program uh, will start changing because right now everybody really loves the job he's done they love recruiting they love the defensive uh, job. Uh, that they've done at times, but most of the time they love the special teams, the Beamer ball aspect of it, but there's always a but. And and with this fan base, it it is a but. It's a big but, big old but, Uh, uh, because they've just seen so much bad offense. I mean, the best play caller they've had here since Spur left was Mike Bobo, and Mike Bobo basically had three players. Now, let's go back and look at the Mike Bobo offense in 2020, man. Everybody in the stadium knew they had to get it to Shy Smith if they weren't gonna be able to pass the ball. You had a very limited quarterback in Colin Hill, to say the least. And mm-hmm. Shy caught how many passes that year? 40 something, yeah. you know, at least. Not to
0: mention, you produced the number one running back in the conference that year.
3: Yeah, and played it, played every game was an SEC game, 10 SEC games. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of the numbers were ugly. Um, and certainly they had some games where they like against A and M they couldn't get the run going, etc. But man, it's going to be good. Uh, big slam. Janice says, "Give the package to Clint. My stuff will get stolen." Uh, and Saunders says, "I wonder how the narrative will change if we win in Nashville and Gainesville." I don't. I don't think the offensive thing is going to change. Uh, I think everybody's seen enough. I mean, look. You go out there and hang half a hundred, all of a sudden on Vandy and half a hundred on Florida, and then you go outscore Tennessee and score fifty it was like 52-49, and then you beat Clemson. Uh, yeah, the narrative will probably change.
0: God, I'd uh, still fire him in the parking lot of yeah, <laughs> Memorial
3: that. Stadium.
1: <laughs>
0: I'd still, because try- yeah, at yeah. that point, you're, you're, the question is: Was well, it going to take us eight freaking games a year? you know, to get it to look good. Well, I mean, like even, yeah, yeah. even <laughs>
3: last year you thought, well, well, this is what they've been talking about. They have to learn the system and get down. And then so they go and they beat uh, Florida, put 40 on Florida. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't a great offensive game. They got three offensive touchdowns, a defensive touchdown, and they kicked four freaking field yep. goals. Right. But, uh, you know, then they go to Missouri and do what they did and lay an egg. Well, then they come back against Auburn after getting in a hole, which that Auburn game, the, the Missouri game, I thought when they got down or I was like, well, this is gonna be just like the Auburn game. Uh not only the the Auburn South Carolina game, but the Missouri Auburn game, you know. Uh and Carolina just never got back. I mean they never woke up, right? Or never got it going. Um, you know, and so then Clemson embarrasses them and everybody's like embarrassed by that. And you know, because that 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 was a Clemson game, Clemson team that wasn't the best, you know. Wasn't a national championship contender, and it's still the same same game we've all watched the last three times. Uh, and so then you go to the bowl, and it looks nice and creative, and a oh, nice move, and all that. But you know, you still sort of got the sense like once that first half was over, and they're kind of out of bullets in the chamber. Uh, and on played great the entire game. I mean, he played; he was stellar. They they made plays when they had to. But you still look back on it, and we, we all kind of think because of the long passes early to Jaheim, kind of got caught up in fool's goal because that was yet another game where the other team literally could not stop Carolina from running the ball. Yeah. And it's it's just not realistic to think you're going to line up and run it on everybody. In this league, teams are too good on defense. So, anyway, I'm out. I said 31-21 game, Coxville, what's your, your pick?
0: I'm going with 27-17 uh, to 17 is where I finally settled on. I think we do hold them a little bit. We kind of figure it out. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they score a couple touchdowns in the first half. We adjust, and they don't get anything but a field goal in the second. Um, I think we see a little bit of some special teams magic. Maybe not necessarily touchdowns or anything, but uh, big returns, because I feel like those are coming, obviously. I mean, we saw... Van had a big one called back for a penalty last week that would have really helped us I think but I, th- I think we I think we get it done I, I don't think it's going to be a stellar showing but I'm not too far off from where you are JC
3: Yeah I think uh, Tony Morrell actually picked 2717 today and I guess Wando was somewhere between 27 and 28, 17.
0: Yes, yeah, that's seven. right. Right around there. Yeah, when he uh, said that, I was like, damn, that's not what I was gonna pick.
3: Doc Graveyard, great <laughs> show, clowns. <laughs> Thanks. <Closer laughs> it's been a week. I think I got up too early this morning. I just haven't had that internal in in uh, energy that I normally have. But anyway, I'm getting off. I'm take a it break. came
0: across well, man. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat hey. it. It was good. Good show today.
3: All <laughs> right. Happy Friday, everyone. For those of you that are not yet in Nashville, but heading there, have a safe trip. Enjoy the music city. Enjoy the game Saturday night. For Phil Mullinax. this is J.C. Sherbert. Uh, we appreciate all you cast of characters joining us every day. We'll be back Monday to hopefully talk about a victory right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.